It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Luke Stuckmeyer and look at this, Kyle Williams. He's back. Back in the building. Cody Dumbendo, Ryan Herrera is going to be here here, uh, later on telling us about uh, what was said from Jason Hayward earlier today at Wrigley Field. Folks, we are in the 70s. We're not talking about the weather. We're not talking about the decade. We are talking (laughs) about Cubs wins in 2022. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? They will not catch the Chicago White Sox, but it's going to be way closer than they want it to be because still within seven Seven to go, and the Cubs sweep a season series against the Phillies. The first time either franchise has swept a season series against one another. In 139 seasons. That's (laughs) That's a long time. And then Megan Montemurro, the Tribune just uh, put out, it's just the fifth time in franchise history the Cubs have swept a season series of at least five games. The others, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Atlanta, and the Mets in 2015. Oh, yeah, I do remember them sweeping the Mets. Yeah, and then, that, and then of course, they, that didn't yeah. turn out well in the postseason. But, right. wow. Right. So, they've won eight of nine games, the Cubs. The red-hot Chicago Cubs. 12-4. and four. Party's Since all down at See what it took to get Kyle back in the building? I had to wait till, till the winning comes back around, you uh, know? Basically, it took a miracle to get Kyle to return <laughs> to come on a show. Well, welcome Actually, back. Actually, he just happened to walk in. He yeah. walked in. We were all kind of surprised. And then he was hanging out with me and Luke. And then we were like, you can do the show with us if you Three want, Three chairs. Man. Like, yeah. Three there's chairs. an extra chair. They didn't, producers didn't want to move the chair. So we, you know, we, <laughs> we, we let them do less work. You know? I think this is my first Cubs show since the Rocky series when they were in Colorado. Wow. That's April. Yeah. It's April. That feels like and 10 I, years ago. That was the one series where Jonathan VR was good. <laughs> wow, that was 10 years ago. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. We uh, got... They are 12-4 and four since September 12th. And who, who had uh, this sort of run with Javier Assad locking down five solid shutout, five-plus solid shutout innings? Where, where were you when the ass man shoved the yep. uh, Philadelphia Phillies in, out of the second wildcard spot? Wow. <laughs> Tied with the Brewers. At this point now. That's the uh, negative of all this is that they've helped the Brewers. Yeah, it's the only bad thing about this entire situation. But if Milwaukee loses tonight against St. Louis, I think they'd just be tied. Yeah, and Philadelphia owns the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, realistically, they're not tied. Right. Okay. So, 
One so can hope that. that the Phillies figure their shit out. But 70 but wins. Six 70 games wins. to go. The season total over is still alive for me. Need 76. They got to win out. They got to sweep the Reds. Wow. Twice. <laughs> so now the Reds are going to sweep them. Don't say that, Kyle. I mean, I, Don't bring that negative energy in here. Six <laughs> more in a row? That seems like a big ask. It is a big but, ask, but it's alive. It's wow. alive. I mean, if Hap keeps playing like that, six more? I mean, Ian Hap. That catch in the ninth made inning. Made two great catches in the outfield yep, today. Absolutely. Would I mean, I don't really know who. I'll be honest with you. I can't think of who he's up against like that. Most of the time, a left fielder is out there because they can't play in the field. Like he's, he's a rarity. Like, he's a guy that could actually play center field, and he's in left. You, you have to take your hat off to the guy. You really do. Like, he knew there was going to be trade rumors around him all season. He didn't get traded. And, he had, you know, we were saying, you would have been saying, I know I would have been saying at the beginning of the season – Man, I, I could have seen that they just would have walked away from Ian Happ after the first half of last season. But he had a second half that was okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's turned it into an all-star season and maybe and a gold glove going. season. Yeah, And he might not be exactly the type of guy that they're looking for in left field, but I don't really know why. Because right. he's not that old. I think I, there'd be crazier things than keeping Ian Happ as your left fielder. I think Ian Happ, if you get Ian Happ, this production from Ian Happ, and you you add in a few more bats via free agency, then you get Brandon Davis and Matt Mervis on this like on this roster yeah. next year. Ian Happ becomes even more valuable because remember he's he's doing this with with this roster, right? You know, and what if I mean? someday he becomes your Jason Hayward leader on the bench, extra outfielder. That's okay. He's not gonna get. He's not gonna get Hayward's contract, right? Which we'll talk about later because he spoke at Wrigley Field. But uh, you know, the point is they're losing. Maybe the wrong word is losing. Jason Hayward won't be there next year, and he is unquestionably one of the vocal veteran leaders on what will be a very young team again next season. Would have right. been a very young team now. So now, now Hap is that guy, right? We got a few comments here. You know, Shane says, perfect time for Judd to deal him this offseason. Joel says uh, they're expecting Davis and PCA next year to make room for him somehow. And Sean asks, Cody, would you pick Rookie of the Year in a 90s movie draft? Oh, question. buddy. <laughs> uh, perhaps, but probably not. No. I mean, let's just. If we did sports movies, you know. Sarah, I love can you find the, the movies draft we did on the CHGO podcast? The final results of that. Yeah, we yeah. did it today. I've seen some slander out there suggesting that I didn't win, which oh, I, 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 I fully this. expect the two gentlemen sitting next to me to be voting on Twitter on my behalf moving forward as while, a unity-formed CHGO Cubs team. While she's doing that, I just want – let me finish my thought here. Oh, sorry. Based off those comments that Shane and Joel left. Yeah. They do bring up a good point. Canario, 37 bombs in Iowa this year. Yeah. Brennan Davis, I already mentioned he's going to be here. And PCA will be here at some point. I don't. There's, I think PCA is more of a second-half addition, kind of like what Schwarber was in 2015 next year. And that's if the Cubs are in it. And I think the Cubs are planning on being good next year. So I, I get it. But you still don't know what you're going to get out of those guys. And you know right. what you're going to get out of Ian Happ going in next year, I think. I, I don't think those guys should be stopping you from – from from 
moving on from Ian Happ or not. Like, Here's what I think is the likely scenario. He's, he's just had his best major league season. If they do believe in Morrell and Canario and Davis and PCA, this is his highest trade value. It is. It is. And if you're trying to get pitching or some other position, this might be the time they do it because you're betraying a guy that's in his final year. It, it's possible, but I, I... He'd be the next generation of Starling Castro type. I'll trade. be honest with you. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I wouldn't mind seeing him play a second base again over, for the last six games, just to see, just to see if he can do it. I because guess. if you go get Correa or somebody else, and and Nico's yeah. at short, at least you would know he'd be. He at the very least, you have a utility guy in him. Yeah, I guess. I. But again, I've also said I don't want too many utility guys. I don't I'll, know. I'll just say this: like I, I get, um, you have the PCAs coming up, the Canarios, but. Yeah. Like, kind of like you mentioned, you, we don't know what we're getting from them yet. And, like, these aren't Chris Bryant, like, yeah. Swarber-level prospects coming up. Like, these aren't – you know right from next season they're going to be here. I, like, I just think like, – PCA might be the closest to that yeah. as, as we speak right now, just based off, like, the jump he's taken this year. Brennan Davis – he looked like that last year, and then the injury happened, and like now he's gonna go to the fall league. And I'm I'm praying, dude. I'm praying that that guy tears up the fall league like Nelson Velasquez did last year, and he comes in the spring and just lights it up so hard that the Cubs have no choice other than to let him start the year on the major league roster. I'm praying for. It. I would love to see him start, be my starting center fielder on the 2023 Chicago Cubs. But that said, again though, like I think. Like, Chris Bryant, I understand you throw him in there his rookie year. You throw him out there, abs- like, makes absolute sense. He was the second overall pick in the draft. He was right. the best player in the minor leagues the year before. He mm-hmm. was a college player of the year. Like, none of those guys have those kinds of accolades. So, yeah. like, the thought process of just, oh, you can just throw Davis out there and he will and let him figure it out, and you can do the same thing with, you know, Canario and, and PCA, I – I'm not getting the same vibe. I right. think you have to have a backup plan. And I think Ian Happ, I'm not saying Ian Happ's a backup plan, but if you have a guy like that who has improved defensively. Under and, cheap and, control. And, and yeah. Under cheap control. And, again, is proven that he can now be a valuable hitter for a full season. Like, I just think you have Ian Happ and those guys, that only makes your team better. I, the, only, the only thing that would change my mind on trading Ian Happ if you're getting like a Shane Bieber or if you're oh, getting yeah. an Otani or if you're getting like a right, big piece, right. I don't want to just trade Ian Happ. Then, then you drive him to the airport for, yourself. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't want him to be – I don't want the Cubs to trade him for the sake that they don't have room for him anymore. So they're going to move him like they moved Starlin Castro for Adam Warren and then they went and signed Ben Zobrist an hour later. You know but what it I mean? is pretty clear that the trade value at the deadline wasn't what the Cubs hoped it was going to be for Ian Happ. Now – Lucas is saying exactly what Cody is saying in the chat. Says, uh, Hap is a known quantity. As much as I would love to see Canario, Davis, PCA, et cetera, in the outfield, Hap is a probable gold glove all-star player. That is what he's going to be this season. But his second comment, I don't think Hap would take an AAV contract that in that range unless he just – With an opt-out after three, he's saying 10 to $15 million average over five years with an opt-out after three. Um, well, I'm going to look up his contract right now because I don't know. I don't even know how much he's making this year. Yeah. So, like, well, I'm just trying to think of the type of player, well, the type of deal he's going to want, a similar type player. Because his war. That all, you know, like, this really is 
clearly his best season. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, he's easily. had minor league stints. He's that, That's where his value is going to be knocked by any agent or, an, or a team. They're going to say, well, okay. this is one season of proof. So, in 2021, Hap made $4.1 million, and then this year he's making $6.8 million. Obviously, next year he's probably going to make – I feel like he's played well enough that the Cubs might bump it to, like, 9 or 10, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you were to extend him, he, I think he would want to make somewhere between at least 13 to $15 million a year. Yeah. At I least. That, and if you do that for, like, a four-year deal at the age that he's at, like, that's fine. That's fine with me. Just don't know what he wants. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you know? I don't know what he wants, and I don't know. Like these guys can say they want to be in Chicago all they want, and this and that, and like that's great. I'm. I'd rather hear that than them complaining. Get, like, complaining, and then out. also giving the vibe of like that they care more about the money. Like I'd right. rather them do that than do the opposite, right? But at the end of the day, it is a business, and this and is Hap Ian Hap's it. biggest chance to make the most money he right. can possibly make, and like. From he's a, a team rep, from, by the way. He's not just right. And from from like that guy. perspective, I don't blame him. No one should blame him for that. So it'll be interesting. The it should like it. It should be again. I I think the Cubs should keep him. But if they are going to trade him, if he's part of a major trade that brings in a major piece that can really help the team next year, sure, that makes a lot of sense. But it, trading him for prospects doesn't make sense to me at this yeah. point. Like, Fangraphs currently has him playing at using, you know, war to calculate their value mm-hmm. system. He's played, like, a $26.7 million player this year, according to their war and everything. Which his agent will use. Which, <laughs> which they will use. And it's that's why I don't agree. He has one year left of team control. Worst comes to worst, you try and find him a home at the deadline. But I think if you want to be good next year, you have to have half. If one of those minor league guys just happened to outplay Ian Happ, then that's a different story. But I think you have to have Happ on the team yeah. at the start of the year for his leadership, his bat. And, 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 and don't again. forget, Morell's one another one of your outfielders. And I mean, he's yeah. he's young too. Like yeah. he, there's there's no reason to think and, that he won't have a. And again, like you don't too. know about PCA and his timetable. Like I think a lot of the pop prospect guys really believe if PCA comes up next year, it would be more like in September, right. like a September call-up type situation. He would have to absolutely destroy the minor leagues again next year for the Cubs to call him up, and the Cubs would have to be in contention, and maybe an injury or something like that would lead to it. But I don't think it's on their radar right away to be like, we're going to call up PCA. Now, Brennan Davis, yeah, like I just said, I think he, if he plays well in the fall league and has a hot spring – there's like who else are they gonna play in center outside of Morell? But you want to move Morell all around though. Like why not? Why not have Brennan Davis on that on the roster, right? Yeah. And Canario just hit 37 bombs in the minors this year. This guy's gotta be on this team next year sometime at some point, if not at the beginning of the year. I or you use him for trade bank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, but yeah, the outfield is very crowded right now in terms of the future with possibilities crowded with possibilities for sure yeah it's like it's not it's a good problem to have right say is like the only guaranteed outfielder you really have out there absolutely yeah. uh, i Mor- i shouldn't even say that morell is two and a half is two it's just the thing is that everybody's available if you if the right player is on the trade market right. for some of those so that's why they've tried to accumulate as i say accumulate good baseball players Good things happen. Tough decisions are made. And believe it or not, the Cubs are going to start having some of those sooner rather than later. 
Yeah. Just for the, just for the forty man roster, let alone trying to figure out who's going to play next season, mm-hmm. uh, which is hard to believe. Kind of going into where they were this season. Now Keegan Thompson came into this game too, and <laughs> all right. Ooh, now again, baby. I another guy that I was I didn't want to see Nico back. I don't want to see Steele back. I didn't want to see Keegan back. They've yeah. all shown me enough that I don't need to see anything. But he came in and now has once again shown you that he can be an Sharp. absolute multi-inning weapon. Yeah. Even when he walks two guys. Pitching weapon, yeah. Yeah, walked two guys. What, in the first inning? Still got the strikeout to get out of it. Yes. He really didn't strike. I mean, maybe that ninth inning, a little bit more hard contact. Yeah. The, I mean, Hap helped him out with the catch, <laughs> and then the second out was a hard hit ball to third. Whatever. But his strike. That was, second inning, though, was dirty. Like, the strikeout he had on Bryce Harper, oof. it was the classic Leonardo DiCaprio gift from Wolf of Wall Street. Just, like, buy it, like, just, <laughs> mm, just it was, it was, like, chef's kiss stuff. Like, Keegan Thompson, I can't, here we go again, Luke, going back and forth. Should this guy be a starter? Should this guy be a bullpen guy? I think he could just do it all. I think he is just as versatile as any pitcher the Cubs have. If you need him to make a spot start for you, great. You want him to go and shove three innings down uh, the, a team's throat that's on that's battling for a playoff spot, fine, cool. You know what I mean? Like, the guy just does whatever you ask, and, like, his growth this year has been so fun to watch, and I know we went through a time period where we didn't talk about him because he was hurt, but, like, we, we talk about Nico. We talk about Justin Steele. He's right there. He's right there. I feel just as good about him going in next year as I do Steele and Nico Horner. Well, I mean, and, and to some degree, we've said many times, don't, don't give up on Alzali. I know you can't count on him being a starter right now, but don't eliminate that possibility. Like, I'm not True. ready to do that either. He's the same age. Uh, and he got there first. Now, Thompson, what we saw again today, while it again highlights what kind of a weapon he could be after a nice start by somebody, just a five-inning start, which is becoming more and more common in Major League Baseball, then you bring him in for three, and then your closer or whatever. Um, it also highlights what I was saying the other day, where if the pitching pool is better the following year, and you want to overspend on the position players this year, while we all say, we all agree, they need a number one starter. Like, mm-hmm. to be a World Series team, they need somebody above Stroman yep. and then mix in Steele and those guys. So you have some guys that are shooting to be that one at some point. Thompson and Alzali give you that flexibility of what you want to do this offseason. You Absolutely. may say that number one starter is a priority, but if what if you can land two big fish in the everyday free agent pool? I'm okay with it if that's the way they go. I'm not saying I don't think a number one starter should be a priority. I do, but not if you have to not if you have to super overpay for someone you're, it, that's not necessarily I, your choice. I guess if you're not going to go get like a a number one. St- Top tier starter, they still need to go sign a starter. Right. Like, Absolutely, like even ha- just even just Smiley being back. Yeah, Smiley would be huge. But if uh, you don't believe that oh, yeah. Rodon is your guy, or 
if Rodon says, you know what, I don't, I want to, I want to be in San Francisco, mm-hmm. or I want to go to wherever, I want to pitch in warm weather. Don't freak out and pick options, pay option C, insane money, that you're going to regret later. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't just spend money because we're mad and Michael Collada's mad and everybody wants to see money. Spend it on the right guys. And if those two guys happen to be position players, it might not be the path you set out on, but it might be the smartest path. I don't know. I I like Lucas's comment, the guy out in Japan. We we haven't talked about him a lot, but he's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of tape on him. I couldn't tell you what I really think about him. But um, I didn't know anything about Senga. Senga is a is a is a option, and I. I think he might be attracted to the Cubs with Suzuki already here. Like, they probably have a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? You know? Joel says, hear me out. Sign Rodon and trade for Bieber next year. Now, if you have Rodon and Bieber and Stroman and Steele and Wesneski. And Wesneski, yeah. Hendricks and Wesneski on top of that. And Hendricks. That's Looks a, like a division winner to me. That's a division winning I mean, the, you become a real serious contender. I really will start dreaming about a 95-win season sure. next year. I, you, you won't even, I, won't, I, I won't even stop you from talking me into it. I will have already talked myself into 95 wins next year. I mean, that – you but would be – Again, you would though, be, we'll, we'll see. You would be I, stockpiled with pitching options. Absolutely. You're and absolutely in that case, would. almost certainly Thompson and Alzali would be in the bullpen. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. you start to add Cody Hoyer when he comes and back. Wes, and Wesneski would probably Hughes be in the, in the thing, too. Could be. Yeah. But your bullpen would be freaking stacked with those two and Wesneski. You'd have some strikeout possibilities. Now, yeah. to bring now, in. Estrada's going to be in there. Brandon Hughes. Oh, my. <sighs> Thank you, Joel, for getting me way too excited about a <laughs> hypothetical scenario. Well, I was going to say, I love Nick G's comment. He's like, that's some 2016 rotation vibes. Right, yeah. No, <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. But, that. but then your lineup, again, would be weak. Well. Because uh, you assume you're losing Wilson. So, Gomes is your catcher. You have nobody to really play first. Well, if they, and if you sign yeah. those two guys, you're not getting Correa or Turner. or if they, make, if they were to just do what... Joel said, and then didn't spend more money on a major position player, then, yeah, I'm going to want PCA – or not PCA. Oh, I'm definitely going to want Brennan Davis, and I'm definitely going to want Canario on this right. roster opening day. Because I just don't – I don't think – like, I, I, I'm, I do hear you out, Joel. Uh, but the reason that doesn't make as much sense is their depth has been built on young pitching. Mm-hmm. So if there's a place that they have to add, it it appears it's going to be on the hitting side, and your pitching you should be able to save on. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it makes but, sense to sign Rodon, and may, if you're going to tr- make a trade, trade for yeah. Otani. You know, what unless I mean? you're trading two of those young pitchers to right. get Bieber. Right. Like yeah, which you, is possible for sure. Yeah. If in and, and that and I wouldn't that, hate. Yeah, no, two more all. years of control of Bieber, and he's like 28 years old. Makes perfect sense. He's already won a Cy Young yeah, for wouldn't, the AL, I wouldn't hate it. Even though it was in the Mickey Mouse year or whatever. Uh, you know, I would love Shane Bieber on the north side of Chicago, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, all hypothetical scenarios. I don't know. But I, I get where you're coming from, Luke, when it come, when it, in terms of like where the Cubs should spend money. And, yes, I would say spending money on a position player 
I lean more towards that considering what we've seen from the pitching to this point. Um, but they definitely would need to sign a arm. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't have the list in front of me, but like an, ar- an arm of someone. Mm-hmm. You bring Drew Smiley back, I still think you need to sign another arm, even if you do that. Like, there just isn't enough experience in this rotation for me to believe that it could lead – lead you 162 games maybe it would be good for the first half of the year but I feel like there'd be some bumps and bumps in the road and having to rely on young guys to come up and just carry you when you're trying to be trying to win I mean but doesn't it always be, work it could be 2015 another... was special it was a special year man but it, it doesn't always work if you had to go that way it could be another smiley type player it could be a reclamation guy a guy in a one-year deal just to like try and bridge the gap to a big long-term deal. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it, it was, it's, it's very fun to talk about and think about what, like, they could do. I think, like, if they do try the reclamation route, I think – I forgot who said it. I think it was Mooney, Patrick Mooney who said this, but why not get a guy like Jamison Tyon, who was a first-round pick. I'm all in. Has the talent and see if you could – what you can get out of him. Smiley and Tyon. If, if you did yeah. Smiley and Tyon, okay, mm-hmm. with the guys they have, and then went heavy on the free agent position players, in my eyes, that's still a good offseason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you know that they'd probably add one or two, like, random bullpen names that you never heard of for the cheap because that's what they've done the last three years. Just, just to add extra depth if they really wanted to. It's not, it wouldn't be at the top of the list of things to do, but you know that they would do something and like that. And sign one of what, Bogart, Swanson, too. Turner. Yeah. yeah. What is Jeff Samarge up to these days? Um, <laughs> Can Jeff Samarge still run routes? <laughs> Bears need Jack, help. Jack Brown says, Tyon, really? I, as a reclamation cheap signing, like we're, yeah. we're not saying like make him your number one yeah, guy. Right. That's the route if you go heavy in you get a, and, a and you get yeah. Trey Turner and another big bat. Right? Shane, Shane just listed some other pitchers. You know, I like Chris Bassett as an idea or Shamanaya. Uh, Kershaw's going to retire a Dodger. Yeah, Kershaw's not leaving the Dodgers. Verlander's going to stay with the Astros. And and as much as I sit here and dream about DeGrom, he's probably going to stay at the Mets too. Or he'll go to the Yankees. Now, wait a minute. Verlander Verlander is a free agent, though. Yeah, I know. And we know he already wanted to come to Wrigley Field and pitch for the Cubs. Perhaps. So he might see the young talent on the Cubs and be like, "Eh, why not finish it out there? Pitching for the Houston Astros is not the same thing as pitching for the Cubs. Sure. If you think day games in Houston are the same as going to day game at Wrigley, he knows it. Yeah. He yeah. knows it. That's not – I don't – do I think the Astros are a better team? Yes, but if he sees them go out and sign Trey Turner and whoever, you know, what if they sign two of those guys, like big names? Mm-hmm. Then he might look at it and go, like, wow, I, I can help them. And they aren't that far away from being competitive in a really bad division. Where yeah. they, they won't be that far away from being – they'll be exactly what they should have been this year. All year. Verlander would be the ultimate John Lester. See, <laughs> uh, let's, let's hold but off later. on the Yeah, but later. Anyway – I've enjoyed the first, like, 20 minutes of the show because we're just sitting, You're dreaming. Here, s- sitting here dreaming about all the good. And you know what? We've had a lot of bad to talk about this yeah, year. It's nice, it's nice to be excited. And 
it's it's you know you can sit here and you can talk about this Cubs team playing their hottest baseball of the year at the absolute worst time considering how the years went. But at the same time, like we're seeing players grow, man. Like Christopher Morel had a great series. Uh, Javier Saad shoved five innings down a team's throat today that's trying to win. You know, Hayden Wisniewski yesterday. You know, like we're seeing the pitching pitch very well during this stretch in the second half, and it's it, it has been fun to watch. It like it would be completely different if this team was continuing to play like the first half and you're not seeing any growth out of the young guys, then we really are sitting here thinking it's going to be 2025, 20, 2026. 20, I don't care if these games don't matter or not. You're seeing growth from a lot of these young guys, and it's giving, it's definitely giving not only fans, but it has to be giving the Cubs front office some sort of like, oh, hey, this guy, he's exceeding, succeeding at doing this and this and this. They're, they have to be learning things about these young, these young players. So yeah. there is definitely – good coming from the way the Cubs have been playing in the second half. So whether you want to say, oh, they, they beat the Reds or the Pirates, like that doesn't mean anything. Well, they just swept the Phillies, and they won two out of three against the Mets a week and mm-hmm. a half ago too. So, like, at this point, like, who it doesn't matter who the hell they're playing to me. They it's, don't control the, the schedule. You got to play who's they in are, front of you. They are just playing good baseball right now. And – like I said, it's been fun to watch, and it, it's sincerely given me hope because I didn't have any hope like two months ago, man. We're finally talking about some good, and speaking of good, uh, Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Meat sticks. Sorry. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours, not seven, eight. With 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. Haven't tried them yet? You don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all-natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your local Chicagoland grocery store. So right now, when you order three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. And those meat sticks are free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Well, uh, let me tell you about game time, Luke. Please do, because I'm, I know you're about to use it. Yeah, I'm going to use Game Time tomorrow. I'm going to tell you more about that after I tell you about Game Time. You know, Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and other shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, left, left field bleachers, you know, for me. Uh, floor seats at a concert, it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season uh, on a, 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 a literally anywhere. On any tickets. On any tickets. Bears tickets, Bears Cubs tickets. tickets, the final three games here. Right, right. The la- last weekend series at Wrigley Field. I know the team's not good, but, like, whenever the series is over, we don't get to go – no one gets to go to games at Wrigley Field until next April. That's Concerts a long time. Concerts at the United Center this winter. Yes, exactly. You won't find a better deal. 
Created by the fans, for the fans, guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. And that said, tomorrow, reminder, mm-hmm. what are we calling it, Luke? Casual Friday Casual with Cody. Fr- Casual Friday with me. I like that, uh, man. Huh? I'm yeah. going to be at Murphy's Bleachers at 11, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, and then me and my girlfriend are going to the game and probably going to sit in left field. So if anyone wants to come meet up, it's a very unofficial. Uh, uh, it, and I'm doing this because we we, uh, we weren't able to have, like, a CHGO right. Cubs, like, meet up or tailgate. You, know, you can't tailgate it regularly anyway. But, like. But this we, is like vibing with Cody. Yeah, yeah. Vibing vibes. with Del Mendo. Basically. Just come hang out at Murphy's, eat some tear tots, have a couple Miller Lights with me. I don't care. I did uh, it on Sunday. It's fun. Say what? I did on Sunday. You did on Sunday? I was with you at the bar, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Cody just remembered. After the Bears tailgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember <laughs> it. It's been a very, very <laughs> a memory. I had, I, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, 11 a.m. Friday Murphy's. Murphy's. Bleaches, yeah. And, again, this is important. Tomorrow. To whatever. remember, his advice on points bet gambling will be free <laughs> at Murphy's Bleachers. And there are like five college football games tomorrow. Your drinks will not be free. Yeah, right. drinks and Cody drinks is not food buying now. the drinks. No. We're just, you, I just He's wanna, just bringing the vibes yes. and the advice. Yeah. I think Corey's going to come hang out with me there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, again, it's just one of the uh, – just a way for us to try to, you know, show our thanks to everyone who has supported the show over the last – five, six months, however long we've been doing this. And, uh, yeah, one, one day next year we will be doing an unofficial CHGO Cubs meetup, probably rent out a rooftop or something, Yeah, and we'll go all in then. But this is just me wanting to meet people who actually listen to our show. The so, Cubs crew, because we yeah. do have a lot more Bears tailgates coming up. Yeah, we have more Bears tailgates definitely Which coming up. Which that was apparently – I'm bummed I missed out on it, but at least I know there's some coming in the near future. But like, it you sounds definitely like missed the one with the best weather. Probably stuck. Probably oh, the best. Well, that's one reason I was disappointed, and the other was when I saw the breakfast taco with the carne asada and the scrambled egg, and I was just like, <laughs> I I was real disappointed. Like, if that doesn't happen again, I'm gonna be real disappointed. Now today, somebody did bring in do right donuts, which was very nice. Oh yeah, I had Cable, that Boston cream pie or. Yeah, I had the that one. Yeah. pumpkin spice Ooh. cream cheese Ooh. frosting. And I, and I was one of those guys that said, these people with their pumpkin spice, <laughs> right? Like enough already. I don't need pumpkin spiced peeps at the grocery <laughs> store. I don't need pumpkin spice milk. I don't need <laughs> pumpkin spice bread. I don't need yeah. everything is pumpkin spice. But this donut was there and I saw it. It wasn't a regular do right donut. It was a new one. I saw the pumpkin spice, and I was like, I'm doing it. And frankly, it's the only reason I'm awake right now. Like, I was tired coming in here today. This thing shot in the arm, right? Woo! You're a pumpkin yeah. spice guy now? Wow, just to do right donut. Just to do Hats it. Hats off to them. Wow, do they know how to make a donut? Unrelated, I'm laughing at Sean's comment about Kate Upton possibly being at every home game if the Cubs sign Justin Verlander. I, I saw that. So I just or, want to acknowledge that I saw your comment. I don't have anything else to say to it, but me acknowledging it should tell you exactly what I'm thinking when you about thinking when you mention it. So take that with what you will. <laughs> Ricketts loves pumpkin spice, according to Colada. <laughs> oh, uh, shout out to Colada for being here. He missed the last two days. Uh, 
he said earlier in the comments that he lives in Florida and the hurricanes. Oh, wow. On there, so I'm glad to see he's okay. Yes. Yeah. Glad. But glad you also missed the show where. Boy, the devastation. You, you also missed the show where someone called Ricketts an idiot and like the it, you just weren't here. And it was like. Right. We did one, miss him. The one time. The one. This was like. It was like the show exactly for him. And he. It, <laughs> the, the quote from the Minnesota newspaper writer was talking about Correa and he's like. It only takes one idiot owner yeah. to give Correa 10 years, something like that, yada, yada. And I think that one idiot may have already presented himself, and that is, person is Tom Ricketts. <laughs> yeah. And immediately we were like, where's Collada? When did Collada start writing for the Minnesota Star Tribune? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, anyways. Uh, you know, we've had good vibes today. So that started with the donut for me. Then we had good vibes. Cubs win. Yep. Ass man shoves. Ass then, man shoves. Then we, and then Tom, Keegan Thompson, the mayor, comes in and shoves. Then Kyle walks through the door, <laughs> and we're like, wow, unexpected visit. This is nice. The three of us will do the show. Now we also think back to last night. Again, at that point, Cubs were still rolling there as well. But did you see Pedro Strope sitting with Miggy Montero at Wrigley Field? Look at that. I wish I, did they did they put it up on the video board, right? Yeah, uh Strope was shown on the okay. left field video board. Well, I'm glad they acknowledged it. Cause I when we were watching there the game, is. we they didn't acknowledge it on TV. At least I don't remember them doing it. So Oh that's yeah. On Marquee, I don't remember them acknowledging it. But that's awesome. Cubs look, legend, Cub for Life. Look at Miggy. Just waiting to race somebody outside Wrigley Field down. That guy Sheffield. looks like someone who could definitely beat Yachty Molina in a race. Oh, man. oh, <laughs> Sister Jean's fastball could beat Yachty or Molina in a race. I love all of the like memes and people making videos of that moment. Is why I can never delete Twitter off my phone. Yeah, even the one, even the one with Sister Jean striking out Javi Baez is funny. There's mm -hmm. a Tigers fan at my school that I, that I had to tell him that he was. Not happy, but I was happy though. Yeah. So it was favorite like, Pedro Strope moment. Oh, you got to go first. Uh, I you know I, my, I don't okay. know if I have a single favorite moment. Mine. I just like the attitude that he brought and yeah. the consistent bullpen arm that I, he brought when they traded away a bucket of baseballs and got area and Strope. Mine. People probably have forgotten about the one I'm about to say because the Cubs lost the game. But my favorite Pedro Strope moment, 2018, the wild card game against the Rockies. Now, mind you, remember when Madden let him bat and he pulled his hamstring running the first base and then all of us yeah. erupted into anger. I do remember For that. rightful reasons. He was out until the wild card game. Right. And I think Strope later on, like, not, not even after that game, but maybe even, like, a few days later said that he probably shouldn't have even pitched in that game. Like, 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 his, like he wasn't healthy enough to even do that. Right. And he still was pitched in that game. I think he went one or two clean innings, and I just remember – It's a good one. I remember him strutting off the, off the mound after an inning, just pumped up, giving you the classic Pedro Strope energy, man. Like, he, he was one of my favorite players. It, Easily one of my favorite players. And the only reason that anyone ever didn't like him is because he didn't wear his hat straight. And I always thought that was the dumbest thing. The dumbest thing. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what? My favorite stroke moment is probably uh, you and Pedro wearing the 
a very Ooh. similar romper a few months there ago. There you go. <laughs> when you guys wore like almost identical rompers on the same day, I thought, well, that's... I wasn't wearing a romper, but, you know... But it looked like one. I was trying to vibe the same as Pedro Strope, right? And then Sean did come in in a romper <laughs> from CHGO yes, Sox. He yes, actually wore, he like, some sort of brown-colored yeah. tablecloth romper. Man. Right. But mine's probably... I just remembered this and looked it up. But um, his dance after they clinched the World Series... the. Vi- I, I remember watching this in 2016, just of him just dancing euphorically after they win. Yeah. And I just have to go with that. That's the great vibes. Mm-hmm. I also like that video that's always appearing on my Twitter timeline every now and then. Uh, our good friend uh, Dom Frederick always tweets it. And it's just, I think it's Pedro Strope with John Lester's four rings on his hand. And he's just <laughs> like, John Lester Reams, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Is is one of the more funnier videos I have ever seen on the internet. You know, you think to that Arietta Strope trade to the Orioles, where you just thought, "Well, we're really not trading anything away," and you get back what turns out to be a Cy Young pitcher and a guy that goes on a stretch of the best pitching in baseball history, and then you get Strope that people forget he was part of the deal, but you get this super reliable multi-year bullpen arm and it makes you wonder out of all of these Cubs trades the last couple years since the sell-off of the core right I don't think you could ever expect that one of them will go as well as that did Mm -hmm. because that's probably other than Ryan Sandberg or with Ryan Sandberg the two greatest trades in franchise history but which one do you think will turn out to be the best trade? Right now, F. Ross for Wisniewski. It's looking pretty good. Recency bias gives you a little bit of, okay. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if that's going to be the one. The Javi PCA I was gonna, that's the is one another was one that yeah, has Javi PCA excited. ranks a little higher for me because if PCA comes up to the Cubs next year or the year after and just turn just is an automatic stud to – be in the all-star game every year and Javi Baez is falling apart in Detroit like he has been all season and the fact that the Mets only had him for half a year like that's that's you can, now, that, hey, that's Chris pretty, Bryant that's pretty was good. Killian and Canario Canario yeah. yep and Rizzo you got you Al- Alcantara. Alcantara I might go with that one getting Alcantara back if I mean, we just haven't seen those guys enough. The reason you say that I said Wes Neske is because we've seen them now at the right. major league level. True. And it's, it's easy to compare apples to apples, but you did give up a guy that was pretty good. Now, the yeah. other ones are core guys from the greatest team in franchise history. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, if Javi Baez turns around and has a big bounce back year next year for Detroit, I'll be – happy i mean it's more on the mets the fact that they gave up pca for a half a season of buys and then they didn't even keep them yeah. you know what i mean well it might be why they didn't many suggest that it might be why they did not go for the wilson can yeah. Contreras deal because they didn't want another pca disaster on their hands right. i i just feel as a franchise if you're scared to make another trade with a team because you don't want to get fleeced like that again that's more on how you evaluate, how you view your young prospects. Like, mm. if hobby for PCA at the time, it was 
universally, like, how did that happen? Because mm-hmm. P-State was drafted in 2020. One of their top prospects, albeit in a pretty – And league. he was hurt. Yeah, and hurt. They and were they were desperate to make a move for their fans and to think that maybe they could pull off a World Series. Yeah, or just get in the playoffs. Yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. try and get it done. Now, Jack points out in the broadcast, they did show head-to-head this season – Morell's stats and Javi's stats, and they were They're not very far off. Oh, they were really close. Yeah, they were really close. But one guy's twenty-three and making nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and Morell has a higher slugging percentage too. I mean, Javi's slugging percentage is under four hundred this year. Like, like I, I have no idea what's going on with him this year. Like, it's weird because like his strikeout rate is significantly down compared to like when he was with the Cubs. But his power's significantly down, and he's still unless not getting they, hits. Unless they're facing the White Sox. Yeah, he only hits when they play the White epic. Sox, which is fine. Which, if that's what I happens the rest that. of his career, that's fine with me. <laughs> like, you I know. love that. I love that hobby. <laughs> when, like, even though he was on the South side, he still was like, "No, I'm." They love me on the North side. I was like, I love that. Mm. I love the pettiness. I love the. I, yes. Well, the yeah. When you get booed, he wouldn't for be, honestly, he wouldn't really be doing no good it if reason. They weren't booing him like crazy, right. right? So that's that's the reason, right? And it and it's so little brother syndrome too. It really is. Like, play the White Sox four times a year, y'all. Like, they don't boo anyone louder. I don't think Sox fans have booed anyone louder this year than Javi Baez and probably Anthony Rizzo. Which is just so dumb to me. I don't get that. Is there no I've one on the Twins or the that. Tigers or, or the Guardians that you hate more? Like, that's, at least that's in division, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just – But the team on the on the north side and the NL just does – it gets – something gets under their skin with them. Uh, mm. Lucas says he keeps the 2016 team picture in his locker and by his bed. Hell yeah, man. I love Why that. Not? And and you know what? On the other, on the other uh, nightstand, he just stacks cashes like – Piles of millions of dollars is what he does on the other nightstand. <laughs> Best of both worlds for him. Like, I don't, I don't hold that against him. Hey, look at this. I won over here, and I won over here. Yeah. I'm blaming him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, to sum it up, I am rooting for him to have a better year next year. I, I, yeah, he's, definitely, he's definitely better than what we've seen this year. Hey, man, and no one, ever, no one ever lives up to, like, what the contract is in year one. It's very few players who play well in year one of the – a free agent contract. So John Lester didn't play well in his first year. Didn't pitch well early in his early in the season. Yeah. Season, right? Yeah, it was tough. But he admitted it was right. tough. Yeah, but you know, he was still at a really solid first oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. early on, he admitted it was. There's a lot of pressure. Difficult. Yeah, definitely a lot of pressure. And, like and when then, you're in a big market too, for sure. You know, so like, I'm not saying the Cubs should take that into act whenever they go to free agency and try and bring in some guys, but. You sign like the big thing about free agency. I've always thought is like whoever you bring in, you got to make sure you still have a really good core that you already have in house. That way, like there's not all this pressure on all these free agents to come in and to carry your team. Yeah, you know that's like that's honestly like what the Phillies are. The Phillies farm system is is awful, and they're the team. The guys who are carrying their team are Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, and Nick Castellanos, and they got Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. And I mean. All those guys are really good at baseball, right? But like, they don't have other guys except maybe Alex Alec Bohm, who like are can help carry a ball club. You know what I mean? And that's why they've been a very like, in my opinion, a, an up and down team this year. Because beginning of the year they struggled, they looked like they were not going to be in it, and then they fired Girardi and they got good, got real hot, 
And here and they are in September faltering. Can't blame Girardi for this. Yeah, like, I think it all comes back to the fact that they just don't have a good farm system, and they don't, they don't have other guys. They don't have enough depth on their team to, like, really take them to the next level. I mean, the fact that they have all those guys and they're fighting for a wild card spot is – that explains it enough for me. Like, they – to me, you look at that roster, you have Bryce Harper on your team and two of the top pitchers in the National League – and you're fighting for a second wild card? Like, I know the Braves and the Mets are in your division, but, like, to me, like, they, they, they should be easily running away with the second wild card if Milwaukee is the one team that's behind them. Like, and they, I don't know, that's just the way I feel about it. They're kind of a cautionary tale, like you said, for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be more like the Dodgers, where mm-hmm. they have all of these big contracts on the team, but they also have a top-five farm system. Mm-hmm. So they can replenish. When they make those big trades, they have guys coming up who can help replenish oh, yeah. and surround their core. Yeah. Lucas Thanks. mentions uh, JT Romuto, too. Sorry, he's one of yeah. the best catchers in the league. I forgot Thanks, Sarah. Only 24 likes. Like, come, yeah, on. Like, come on. I understand if I'm sitting here by myself talking to the camera, 24 <laughs> likes. Cody's going to dish out some, some points bet deals for you that you're going to want to hang on to for the weekend. And Kyle Williams walked in today, guys. Like, 24 likes? That That's needs what to be I'm doubled. Like, that yeah. needs to be doubled by the end of this. This is a good day. And the Cubs won. <laughs> they swept the Phillies. Season series. All right, tonight I'm taking the Dolphins plus three and a half. I don't like it, but that's what I'm riding with. Because if you're going to – you can give me the undefeated team against the team that has a shitty offensive line, then I'm going to take the Dolphins in the points. The only thing that scares me is the fact that the Bengals are wearing their beautiful, beautiful wide-out unis. And if that is the only reason that I were to bet the Bengals – that is a really good reason. So anyone betting the Bengals, I know Jack R is betting the is going to bet the Bengals. He literally leaves a comment in every show that I am on the, and to let me know. Uh, I don't blame you, but it, again, I think the Dolphins they're they're playing well right now, and the Bengals they uh, they they ain't proving shit to me except for the fact they beat the Jets. Congratulations. Anyway, this football season points bet I'm making the bet on points bet guys. It's bringing you the better way to bet live on games. That means before this ad is over, you can play the live same game parlay bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your live second half over bet. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. Download the points bet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk free up to two thousand dollars. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. I also like any prop on Tyreek Hill tonight because he told Eli Apple straight up in postgame from on Sunday that the cheetah is coming for him. So take that with what you will. <laughs> okay. I got Tyreek Hill at plus 1,000 to score the first touchdown tonight uh, during the points bet power hour yesterday. I am a big Tyreek Hill fan tonight. So... Uh, I'm, I'm a big Ryan Herrera fan. He's, he's ready to go from Wrigley Field. Uh, Field of Dreams hat, ready to go. Birthday week is over. He's settled in now at the press box. And uh, we basically got our goodbye Jason Hayward, correct? What, what was the gist of what Jason Hayward wanted to say and, and make sure people knew today? Well, first of all, the, uh, the, good, the birthday week is not over. Oh, oh he's sorry, still sorry. vibing. All right. I didn't realize. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. So uh, regarding Hayward, um, yeah, he uh, he talked about for about a half hour, thirty five minutes actually pregame. Um, you know, Jed probably early August said obviously that uh, they're not bringing Jason Hayward back. They're gonna release him. They're gonna eat that last year of that contract. Um, 
and and Hayward, I mean, it it just felt like it was no no sour grapes about anything that transpired. Um, you know, he, he it, it was like a, a super grateful kind of feeling. It was a it was like a, I'm happy to have contributed to to winning baseball here kind of thing. And um, yeah, just he just super grateful. Uh, he I mean, he kept talking about how great it was to play in front of these fans and to uh, you know play at Wrigley Field every day and, and, and bring a championship back to the north side of Chicago. You know, breaking that 108 year curse. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was just like, and I know he's having a ceremony, I think on Saturday too. Um, they're going to honor him a little bit or something like that, but, um, yeah, he'll, uh, very, it just like felt like he was, you know, not disappointed or, or shocked by the decision that they're going to part ways, but just more grateful for the opportunity to have, you know, played here for seven years. I mean, I, I, we said earlier today on, on, uh, the CHGO podcast, Ryan, like you cannot, uh, he didn't live up to the contract on the field, but he exceeded it in every other way off the field, right? Like he's everything you want a player to be. He's everything you want a leader to be. He's everything you want a teammate to be. And I know that the most important part for fans watching a game is on the field, but don't forget what a class act he was while he was here and what he did for the city. And so I would love to see him, when it's all done, come back and still be part of this franchise. Did I read a quote somewhere where he said something about he would be interested in some sort of minority ownership piece like uh, to kind of bridge the gap? Did I, did I read that right? That he said he, that's something he would you know look into or, or at least talk about? Yeah, I mean, that's something that I know he said he's like, well, well I mean, it kind of came from like what we asked him, what is kind of the future look for him. And I, I, he obviously wants to play baseball again, like he doesn't want to retire. Um, but yeah, he kind of talked about um, working in, you know, just like a, a, a he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be a manager. <laughs> he, he doesn't think he could manage in today's kind of game, but he, um, he talked about, uh, you know, being in like some kind of front office role, maybe as like a minority owner kind of thing um, or in the ownership group or something like that. Um, but he doesn't know exactly what kind of capacity that'll be, partial ownership, you know, whatever the role is, um, but that he would like to help kind of be someone that can, can, can be that like translator between player and front office. Like he, he thinks that there's, uh, some things get lost in translation, you know, going from the clubhouse to the front office. Um, and he wants to, you know, maybe be someone that can bridge that gap and offer uh, perspective of a guy who's obviously been here and done that, done, you know, won a World Series, won a bunch of gold gloves, been three different teams and, you know, potentially a fourth, I guess, if we consider what's going on in the future. But um, just to provide like a different voice, a different perspective um, at a level where, He's able to yeah, at a level where the whole organization is in sync, and that I mean that that seems like something that just the way Jason Hayward, you know, the respect he commands um, as a player, um, I don't see any way why he wouldn't command that same kind of respect in a in a front office role. I will say, by the way, because I know that you'll have sort of a split reaction in the chat because people are upset with the way he played and I think most people realize he at least deserves the respect of being 
a great guy, a great community person. Uh, he gave the speech. I don't know. I don't know how much credit you, he gets for that or not. But like, they didn't lose the World Series after the speech. Um, but I also do say they did overplay him. Like specifically this season, had he played twenty less games, might they have five more wins? I don't know. And I don't know if those five wins make a huge difference or not in your mind. But um, do you think? In your gut, do you think the speech made a difference? Yeah. Yeah, I think it did. And let me, let me just say this, because the chat is very interesting. Every time we talk about Jason Hayward, it's interesting. And, I, and again, I've been someone who's sat on this podcast since its, since its existence began in March, where I said that the Cubs need to move on from Jason Hayward. But Jason Hayward had decent years here. It wasn't like he was a minus war player. It's not like he was, like hurting the team good defensively he was great defensively and he hit the bat did improve to an extent in 2018 and 2019 in my opinion even 2017 a little bit did it ever live up to what he did with the cardinals in 2015 no and but there were stretches where i thought maybe he was on that path because he would go he would go through some streaky some streaky uh parts of the season where you're like wow he's really playing like what I saw when he was with the Cardinals. He just never could do it for a full year. And then the injuries have been a thing this past year and just the fact of where the Cubs have transitioned to rebuilding or whatever. Um, so I just want to say that, again, didn't live up to the contract, but we've people who say that this guy was the worst for agent signing in Cubs history, I, you guys, I mean no. – I know Milton Bradley only made thirty million bucks, but that guy was awful. He was not only was he bad in the field, but he's a bad dude. And I, I he ended up going to prison, I believe. Yeah, like that is to me that guy is far and away the the worst free agent signing the Cubs ever made. I mean, and they signed that guy to to bat fifth in a lineup and bat, hit play outfield and like be a guy that's going to take your team over the top, like very kind of similar to what Hayward was supposed to be for the Cubs right. too. I will say this though, while Hayward, the speech probably helped them win the World Series, and his presence in the locker room definitely helped them in the World Series uh, or in the playoffs and winning in 2016 and in 17. I will say that I think his contract is part of the reason why there was no dynasty. That's just the way I look at it. It well, I don't, and, I don't yeah, know maybe. If I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I completely agree with that. Because the Cubs don't aren't strapped for cash, like Hayward's contract isn't shouldn't be why they weren't able to spend more money. It wasn't four hundred million. I I agree. I don't think it. I don't think it should be Ryan. But but you believe well, it I, is part. I of believe the it is part yeah. of the reason. Okay, if, if I think it's a valid point. Reason, I mean, it might not be. Maybe I'm just sitting over here being okay. a conspiracy theorist. But like, why else would you give that guy all that money? And then when Bryce Harper's available, you don't try and get him or try to get this guy or this guy or whatever or fix your problems that you had from 20 honestly the end of 2018 through the you know end of 2020 that they like we've had that conversation many many times they there's a reason why Michael Collada is in the comments every day talking about Ricketts like they they, <laughs> they paid for Hayward and then I'll give him credit they pay for you Darvish but then after that they they, they stopped like I, to me like the Hayward contract has to have some some something to do with that. It has okay, to have I, something I, to do with it. Okay, I, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe if if we're saying like 
that shouldn't have had anything to do with it, then I think we that, that's where yeah, we're, like it shouldn't have, have it, but it, it shouldn't like have. If it did, from it did. from the way we look at it now, it feels like they it acknowledge is. that if they mentally to themselves acknowledged that was at least a fraction of the problem that that contract how long it was and they always had said Theo had always said he will not pay a guy for what he has done he wants to pay a guy going into his prime and that's why they were so excited about Hayward because they thought they were getting a guy just entering his prime a young player with a lot of promise don't make the mistake again learn from it right don't don't give super long contracts unless you are 1000 percent sure and that is kind of the the way they went even though they offered deals to a lot like Baez and Rizzo and Brian like some of these guys but like if you don't believe in them 100 percent don't hamstring yourself with a 10-year deal or a nine-year deal or a 250 or a 275 million dollar deal don't just throw money at the wrong answer yeah so hopefully they've learned their and, lesson and to top it off, like it's not even like the Cubs offered Jason Hayward the most money. The Cardinals offered him the most money, and he chose to come to the Cubs. I will always love him for that, for choosing the Cubs over the Cardinals. And by the way, I thought it was a good signing. That yeah, made when they sense. Signed, when they signed Hayward, in, I was like, wow, moment, and you was, took him away from sense. the Cardinals. Nice job. Yeah, it was in the moment. At the time, it was a great signing. And again, I thought the first, you know, 2016, the playoffs weren't great, but his defense like, they needed outfield defense in a big way going into 2016. I mean, you saw how bad the outfield defense was in 2015 with Schwarber and Jorge Soler in your corner outfield. You needed help defensively in the outfield, and they got it. Now, was that worth $184 million? Absolutely not. But, like, you, are you, with the market you, got, you, you paid are, that money, yeah, to, a, you paid that true, money to a guy who was, like, 26 and was coming off his best season yeah. in St. Louis. Like, and – and he'd been he he was called up when he was like what 20 19 or 20 years yeah, old 20. like right. this guy was supposed to be basically what we've seen out of Bryce Harper or something close to that you know what i mean like a five tool player all star every single like, like he just he just didn't turn out to be that the cubs took a chance on that it looked like after he had that season with the cardinals it like it he looked like someone who was going to finally get to that point and you look at his his body and everything like and you're like this guy looks like a stud right. even now at like 32 or 33 however old he is like he still looks like he can go out there and play oh, yeah, no, but he's like a fitness freak, yeah. but like the results just aren't there you yeah. know what i mean and so like again like that's the only thing the whole just not being able to perform on the field the way that you paid him to be that's the thing that sucks and i'll say he's not the only one though in, in the league. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'll just say two quick things on Hayward. Like, he was what the market said he was. Like, like you mentioned, the Cardinals were offering him more money, and it's just it's one of those things. Like, it turned out to be a bad contract, but, I mean, that's just what the market was at the time. It's just you can't help that. And then also, he, he was also just – I don't know. I don't want to put too much value in being a good teammate, but there is some value in that. Mm -hmm. And sure. I was reading uh, Rossi's book that um, he wrote, and from that season – as soon as the season began, Hayward took care of Ross during his farewell season and paid so he could have, like, a hotel room and have that extra family time. And that stuff's not the end-all, be-all. But, I mean, when you factor who he is as a person, the defense and everything, he was a, a not a plus to that team, but he brought something to that team, which is something that it should be committed, but that contract was a mistake. 
no, and and a lot of that, like if people don't understand, that's that's a lot of why David Ross was loyal to him. Oh yeah, as a player, I mean, he had done a lot for him in his final season. Uh, Ryan, he did address like like the the contract in general, right? Like yeah. he was asked, like you know, do you feel like you lived up or the contract? Or I don't know how the question was worded, but he he did address it, correct? Yeah, he kind of was asked, like you know, what what do you think when people say you had like a, a bad contract. <laughs> like if, if you see that or people call you a bust or, you know, the complaint about the contract, like what is your thought on that? And um, he kind of said, um, you know, it's a kind of a contract is a contract. Like in, in some way, you know, he, he's feels, I guess, fortunate to be, you know, he, he said something like, you know, I feel fortunate to be in the in, in a select club. This is paraphrasing, but fortunate to be in a select club of players that have earned bad contracts because there's there's bad contracts out there, uh, and you know, I mean that's true. I mean, he he's not the only you know, the Cubs are not the only team that have ever made the mistake on giving a guy a long contract that that's hard to get out of and and hampers them in some way. Um, yeah, but I mean, he also feels like that he he's brought other things to the table like he's mm-hmm. the, and this, this stuff that we talk about like he brings other things to the table um you know outside of just the contract right or just outside of like he's not being able to hit you know he, he talked about um he, he showed that he he had value um you know even in like 2016 he didn't hit very well but he you know he played great defense he won a gold glove that year and and then in that sense like that lineup probably didn't need him to be an all-star hitter uh, they needed a guy who played great defense and provide veteran leadership, and that's what he did. Um, that, that that's part of winning the championship. And and you know, Luke, when we were on the CHGO show or the Chicago show earlier, mm-hmm. we talked about like, would you give Hayward that contract again? Um, and, and I think you go back and you look at it. It's like if every everyone that's around Jason Hayward, everyone that was part of that 2016 club, will say. They might not win that that World Series without Jason Hayward. I mean, David Ross literally said it today: like we don't win the World Series without Jason Hayward. I, you know, they maybe they're maybe they're blowing smoke. Maybe they're blowing smoke. And but if you if you believe that, if you believe in what a lot of the people around Jason Hayward around that 2016 team say, if you believe that the Cubs would not have won that World Series without Jason Hayward on that team, you go back and you do it every single time. Because if you're a Cubs fan, you waited 108 years for the Cubs to win a World Series, and you finally get one. But then, would you go? Would you trade that to not have Jason Hayward's contract on the books? I don't think I would. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's interesting to see. I'd be curious to see if he gets another shot at the big league level. Um, I think he I, will. I think some team will probably give him a deal next year. Um, just. Uh, in a way, but one that you know that you're not getting a guy that's going to be a problem. Like he might right. help a young player. I it would not shock me, Luke, if he goes somewhere and he reverts back to don't, some sort don't, of. Don't don't say the team. I know you're thinking. No, I, I, no, they they won't do it. But he will go somewhere, and because he's one, isn't the highest paid player on the team, and two, it's a refresh, like a change of scenery type thing. As much as he says he loves being here and all that, like and is close to the organization, I think, honestly, we've seen it so many times. Change of scenery. You don't have all the pressure of having the most, like making the most money on the team. Like, I think it could, 
I think it could be a good thing for him. I don't know. He's not going to revert back to an all-star, but I think he could be a productive player. Uh, all right, let's get to who you got real quick before we head out here. Uh, Kyle wasn't here pregame, so he didn't make a pick. Uh, I had Contreras, who had a double and not much else the rest of the day. Nico was Ryan. Cody had the, the strange Suzuki triple. So it goes down in the book as a triple. Yeah, I mean, it, it does go down as a triple, just as much as I wanted mine to be a hit. I know I'm out of it. Contreras was out of it. I don't remember really what Nico did. Not much today, right? Uh, I think he went no, over. Nico was over. All right, so, so Cody wins. one for five. Say it. We never, I don't know. I guess we'll give, say, a two for three since that's what it says in the box. And he had a walk. Right, right. Either, walk. either way, three it, it's, either, it's either the walk, you know, Obviously, a fly out to center field and a hit versus my double, but like it was just a double. And he scored a run. My guy had a chance to win it with two on at the end of the game, and struck they were already out. leading. Yeah, and he struck out. So, <laughs> but I mean, a three run bomb, you would have been like three run bomb and a double. Yeah, if you, your guy would have a three run bomb, I would have been like, all right. All right. So, so updates, updates, standings 27, 24, 21, 2, 2, one and a half, one. So With six to games out. to go. I have to win out just a tie. You're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to Kiros your way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could do that now. I could do that because you got you got to be bold. You gave me three points. Yeah, I mean, your only chance right now is no, go Kiros for two, two points. points. They gave me two. Um, no, I should, you know what? I should have done that for Stroman on Tuesday because his ERA is very bad at yeah, I don't know if so we would have given you like two a, points for taking Marcus Stroman. Why? But he wasn't he wasn't pitching good at Wrigley. Esteban Kiros, I never even heard the name when I picked him. Oh my god. <laughs> Let you alone. Because you don't, oh, right, you don't pay attention. That's right. Exactly. I don't. Uh <laughs> yeah, we're thanks. Here talking about the game. <laughs> thanks to everybody uh that joined in the chat. Uh Cubs win again. What is it? Eight of nine? Eight of nine, I believe. Eight yeah, of nine. And now wins. the push to seventy five. So how many losses do they have? Eighty what are they? Seventy and eighty. I don't math. Eighty-six. I'm a journalist. Eighty-six. All right. Yeah. So if even if the season total doesn't hit for me, I'd love for them avoid to avoid ninety losses. Like that's possible. Yeah. Go go four go four and two the next six. Yeah. They. I mean, they're only, it's six games against the Reds. Yeah. You should at least go four and two. They just have to go five hundred. That, that that's what we're asking for. The rest of the way. Yeah, yeah, three and three. Avoid 90 losses. Three months ago, we were like, this team's losing 110 games. I thought it was possible. Colada uh, <laughs> says successful season. There, there it go. is. There you go, Colada. People have spoken. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs postgame show <laughs> podcast presented by PointsBet. We will be back for postgame on Friday. I'll be there, too. I'll be Don't showing forget, Cody, 11 o'clock, Bleachers. Murphy's Bleachers. Yep. Casual Friday with Cody until then. Fly the W.